Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Let me tell you, it's been kind of crazy since the last time I recorded. So, recorded Carolina Ultra with me and my girlfriend. And if you listen to that episode, you can tell I was sick. And yes, I did have the flu. <laughs> That's the third year in a row I've caught the flu. Got my flu shot on time every year. I think I'm immune to the flu shot. So, uh, that Monday, I went and got flu shot. Or, no, I didn't get flu shot. I got treated, got my, my Tamiflu to take get rid of the flu. And that was Monday. He sent me home for a few days from work. And then, so, I think I was feeling good enough to where I could run Thursday night. And I did that. I ran Thursday night, just six miles. And then we went to the Central Florida Beast on that Saturday. And let me tell you, I started running that beast way too fast in the first mile. And I paid for it the whole race. It was so awful. You know, if, if you were there... You know, all that tall grass was just pushed down over all the little holes and you couldn't see it. And like you were constantly like adjusting your hips every time you would hit it. And about mile nine, I was like, man, I'm so ready for this race to be over with. (laughs) It was rough. It was a rough race coming back from the ultra and having a week of the flu. And I almost didn't go back and race the next day for the sprint. Because my girlfriend, Leanne, she tore up her calluses, so she wasn't going to race. And I woke up that morning, and I was like, I almost wanted to just lay in bed a little bit longer. And I said, you know what? It's the last race of the season. I'm going to go get it done. And I did, and I felt better on the sprint. I don't know why. Probably because I just knew it was the last race, and it was only three miles. And I didn't have to run myself into the ground as hard. So... That was my 101 Spartan race for that sprint. Now, I mean, I say that's 101 races, but that's counting like multi-laps where I'd run like age group in the morning and then run like a couple of open heats on the same day, same race. So it's still 100 to me. Um, So going into the Carolina Ultra, man, I felt so good. You know, I was working Bruce's program that he prescribed to me, and I was halfway through the program, you know. And then, you know, ran the Ultra. It was a good race. You know, I took that week off. Then I got the flu for that next week. Then I run the Florida Beast and kind of more or less took that week off after the Florida Beast and probably gained five pounds. And now that I'm having to get back into uh, my workout program, my running program, man, God, it sucks trying to run fast when you're just out of it. Oh, my God. So, trying to get back into it. I'm only halfway through it. 
trying to finish it up and uh you know i think it really helped a lot for the uh first half so looking forward to cool results after the second half if you're looking for a good running coach need to hit up my buddy bruce jackson i'm really loving this uh program i mean it's just forcing me to do stuff that i wouldn't normally do um they just announced yesterday yeah yeah yesterday wednesday they just announced the mud run guide 2019 muddies that's such a great name muddies and uh yours truly got uh, runner up for best ocr podcast and you know that that's that's really cool because there was a lot of heavy hitters in the list to vote on you know super congratulations to uh you know matt b davis for at obstacle racing media you know i mean he's crushing it over there especially with uh davis and chase i mean that's like I mean, the banter between those two guys is just great, man. So if you if you haven't checked that show out, you definitely need to check that show out. But you know, I'm I'm really humble. You know, I'm just a redneck with two turntables and a microphone, and you know, it's just something I do for a hobby. You know, I don't put a lot of effort into it. It's just what I like to do for fun. I, I don't put out material as much as some of these other guys do, and and a lot of these guys, I mean, they're working way harder than I am. So I mean, it just. You know, it, it means a lot, and I want to thank everybody for voting for me. And, I mean, I know it's not a, a huge big deal, but, I mean, you know, it's just nice to be recognized for, you know, something you're doing. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. And I, it really, you know, it, you know, more than that, you know, I love it when a listener comes up to me at a race and just talks and says, hey, I'm so-and-so, I listen to the podcast. I love that more than anything, so... You know, and I've met a bunch of people at the uh, Florida Beast, and, you know, it's always a good time, and I always enjoy hearing from the listeners. And um, hopefully I'll be able to have time to put out as much material next year as I did this year. I feel like I I did pretty good this year, and some of my interviews are getting a little bit better. I know some people probably listen to the very first episode of my podcast, and they're like, fuck that! (laughs) But, uh, anyway... I got a new review, and I usually do the reviews at the end, but I missed, I, I should have read this review on the last episode, and I forgot, because I thought I'd already read it, so I'm reading it now, and it's from my buddy Tim Mazur, and uh, <clears throat> here it is, I listened to every episode, five stars, Tim Tamazing, I'm a Spartan podcast is awesome, I came across this podcast while training for the Killington Ultra. Once you get used to Scott's redneck voice and his stupid skater haircut, you'll realize he knows what he's talking about. I got somebody fooled. (laughs) He is such a cool dude and even better in person. Always willing to answer any questions to give advice on any obstacle. Check, Check out this podcast. You won't be sorry. Peace. Tim Mazur is a really cool guy. I've talked to him at several races and... Believe it or not, he was training for his Killington Ultra, and he messaged me and said that, you know, he he actually finished it, and I think it took him like twelve hours and and some change, but uh, that was his first Ultra. I mean, man, that's biting off a lot. Doing your first Ultra and it being the Killington Ultra, man, that's awesome. I did my first one at New Jersey, and it it crushed me, 
If I would have tried to do my first ultra at Killington, it would have been a DNF, no doubt in my mind. So uh, I want to thank Tim for the review. It means a lot. And like I said, if anybody else leaves a review, I'll read it. And uh, what this episode is about, all of us uh, podcasters got together and we did a roundtable. And uh, man, we had so much fun. There's actually like a YouTube video because we did it like on this um, this app called Zoom that uh, Matt B. Davis let us use because he's got an account for it where you can, I don't know, have like 20 people on it at one time. So when you listen to this, probably like the first seven minutes of it, you'll just hear us bantering and we're trying to figure it all out. So if, if you get tired of hearing that, you can just skip through the first seven minutes, but there's a couple of things that were kind of funny if you want to listen to it. And uh, it's kind of a long thing, but uh, Mike Stefano and Caitlin Ritter's on it for just a little bit. Her She was losing her voice, so she didn't hang out for a real long time. But uh, Mike Stefano from Obstacle Running Adventures, he kind of organized it and he did all the questions, you know, and we all kind of went through and uh, said what we, you know, answered the questions accordingly. And he did a really great job. And uh, just, I want to tell everybody, if you're not already listening to Obstacle Running Adventures, go over there and check it out, man. It's a great podcast. Uh, Jason Dupree and Anna Landry, the other girl, um, from OCR Talk, they were also on here. Uh, Josh Chase from Davis and Chase, or the Discourse Davis and Chase podcast that Obstacle Racing Media does. There, Josh is on there. And we had a good time just talking. We talk about how 2019 went, you know, and what's coming for 2020. And, uh, you know, we had a really good time. It's kind of long, so uh, hope you enjoy it. It says, please request recording <laughs> permission yeah. from the meeting host. Yeah, so you can record this? Yeah. How, how do you, how do you, how you do it? Uh, I just hit record, and it says recording. Oh, you, Give us recording permission, though. No. Yeah. No, maybe you guys can't record unless you use See, I don't have a menu. Thing. So if you record, you can send it to me. I can edit it and shoot it out to everybody or something. All right. Well, let's hope oh, this. Uh, yeah, I'm recording it. He's recording it. It's not recording for us, though. So let's just hope this is totally actually recording and we don't just talk for an hour and nobody hears about it. Yay. I'm going to do uh, – oh, shoot, I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to try um, snag it. And see if I can record. Just waiting on you, Heather. Give her a minute. Check, check. Oh, wait, it's initializing. Y'all. 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 Is that a mic test? No, our mic test should be that the sound that Jason makes. Yeet, yeet. Here he is howling. Put your mask on. I'm not putting my mask on. My girlfriend hates it when his kid does that. Yeah. I don't need a horn to roll down the window and go, yee yee. <laughs> Josh, what, what is, is your sound going to be for World's Toughest Mother? So we know you're coming. What is my what going to be? Oh, you're going to have like a call. Your noise. Your call. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I've got, I've got 320 days to think about it. Not that I'm counting. That's true. You'll see Josh coming from a mile away. That's also like true. Giraffe. <laughs> I'll just get one of those like LED stick figure outfits. That way you can see me. Yeah. There was someone with yeah. that. Awesome. Really? Yeah. yeah, somebody at Mutterhorn had one for a while. 
Yeah. 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 There was somebody walking around the venue. Well, before I left, I saw him. It was pretty funny looking. Scott, I'm so disappointed I didn't get to interview you before you left. I really I wanted know. to hear what you thought about uh, World's Toughest Mudder. Everybody not, kicked him off the pyramid for pouring vegetable oil on the ropes. <laughs> it was I honestly I tried my best not to pour it on the ropes. That was uh <laughs> Kyle. Kyle come up there and he yeah. told you what he did. Yeah, he I saw Kyle and Clinton go up there and pour it on the ropes. I was like, y'all yeah. are just mean. <clears throat> yeah. I was I trying to avoid that. Caitlin, you could have went out there and walked to the the obstacle and recorded him while he's out there. Oh yeah, that would have been a great idea. Yeah, that's know. why I'm doing pit and media next year because I'm gonna just have fun and. <laughs> it's make... not easy when you have so many athletes. The time you forget that I I pitted back in Vegas. Like, so what are you saying, place. Mike? You can do a better job than Caitlin. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Did you oh. get Javier third place? <laughs> Mike, Mike's gonna pit for me and Molly and Caitlin and. I don't think I knew Molly was doing it, but yeah, I'm 100. I'm gonna make sure you guys get to your goals. Like, you're the new Mark. The plus is April. And I'm the new pit bull. And you're like, nope, get your ass out of here. Let's go. Stop. Mike's the new pit bull. <laughs> yeah, pit bull. I don't have any desire to run world's toughest mudder, but man, I want to come out dude. there and just hang out. Bro, you do so much fun. ultras. I know, dude. And you're, you're good awesome. at the ultras. But that wetsuit running and worrying about getting frostbite, that, that's just not my... That's not there my ain't problem. no frostbite. You put on enough stuff <laughs> and wear some damn neoprene socks and you will be fine. Yeah, tell that to Chris Mendoza. He's doing I don't know what his problem is. Why doesn't Thank he wear you, neoprene I, socks? Yeah, that's true. Because he didn't have us as a pit crew, so he wasn't properly ready to go. Right. He's too badass to deal yeah. with neoprene socks. <laughs> yeah, what a bozo. <laughs> so how much longer should we wait for Heather before we kind of get into it? Mm, I say we well, go. It's just, seven minutes in. Yeah, she can jump in. Can Ooh, look at Josh with a snazzy spark. So I'll have you guys know that Caitlin's not supposed to be it's talking Molly's. right now because doctor's orders. Okay, guys, I'm leaving. You're not supposed to talk. Oh, oh, because well, she's like, been screaming at Mike all week and she lost her <laughs> voice. That's why. Do the laundry. No, <laughs> so, empty the dishwasher. Empty the dishwasher. Yeah, we're not supposed to be talking. So, bye, guys. Have fun. Mike, um, better like, Actually, kicking me out. I am. Bless her heart. Well, Bless her heart. This is trying to mess anyway. Too many of us in here. I hope I have enough room on my computer to save whatever this giant file it will spin oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I think I'm recording. Somebody's recording because I see an icon. I'm. In the top I'm definitely corner. recording. Yeah. yeah I just. Have, I haven't tested it before. Like when because it right. says the record the file will you know appear when you finish. So yeah, but it'll so do both video and. Audio. Once you exit it out after, it should have like an MP. It has, it has some like weird file that I always have to convert. But MP4 I'm just doing download. like a, a snag it, so I'm like doing a screen capture. Okay. Hopefully. Excellent. That snag works. it. That sounds cool. Let me get yeah. to my notes. Snag yeah, it. Screen. Screen. Snag it. That's the technical term. Mm, that's right. That's why we use at work. When I want to Mike, why are you upside down? Seriously. When I went to join, it says, like, do you want to rotate this? I'm like, sure. I'm going upside down, and now I can't un-upside down myself. (laughs) Upside down. It's kind of cool. It's like you get that 50 cent vibe going. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to hold my notes here. All right. So since we do have a big group of people, I feel like we need to, like, establish an order of, like, which way You said that you were going to be the uh, The manager. Yep. Yeah, that works for me. But, like, when when you have, like, sure to steer us in good direction but we'll go like around in an order we'll have like let's see just gonna go in order of what we have here we'll have josh go first 
Scott joined after that. We'll have Anna and then Jason um, and myself and Heather if she joins. Joel, shit, am I going to have to remember this? We'll just, Do I need to take notes? Is it you're, you're, just you're after Josh. We'll go for that way. I got my pen. Scott, how long is – never mind. I'll save questions. All right, so we'll get right into it. Okay. All right, welcome to the end of 2019's start of 2020 podcast roundtable. Uh, so Mike. do we have every OCR podcast here? Uh, no. No? But uh, I tried to pick my favorites and to keep it small enough so it doesn't get too crazy. So let's go around in order of uh, who's here with your name and what podcast you're from. In order of popularity, is that what you're saying? Oh, snap. Burn. Started off right. Uh, <laughs> So I'll start. Uh, my name is Josh Chase, one half of Obstacle Discourse with Davis and Chase. And since it is after 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Matt B. Davis is unable to attend. So I'll be here with all the hot takes in his stay. So you got to do the voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome back. Or something <laughs> of the sort. <laughs> okay. I forgot the order. So, but I, I, I'm You're Scott Knowles from I'm a Spartan podcast, and I'm happy to be here. Am I next? Yeah, I guess we're next. Whichever. Good. So, yeah, I usually start. You go ahead. Oh, I get to start this time? Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I'm Ooh. Anna Landry <laughs> from OCR Talk. <laughs> you can't see me right now because I'm recording this at work. <laughs> Do you have some top secret information behind you that we can't see? Maybe. Medical okay. science. Fair enough. <laughs> Medical science that you wouldn't comprehend. That, that makes you agree. I'm Jason Dupree, and I'm from OCR Talk as well. Thanks for joining me. Just made awkward <laughs> eye contact with Jason when he said that. <laughs> Those beautiful blue eyes. That's what oh, it is. It's just intense. I was, I was going to comment on that. Jason's got a, a nice pair of eyes, man. But I have to bring up the first thing you said, was that nose ring is really big. Not his could, eyes. You notice, could you notice the eyes, and particularly the eyelashes, while I was running in a wetsuit? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just really had a, a very fat face look. Like in, I mean this in the best way possible. Everybody looked very. No, it's swollen. true. Everybody gets so swollen after yes. by the end Uh-oh. of the race. <laughs> and I'm Michael Stefano from Obstacle Running Adventures. Caitlin would be joining us, but she's sick and she uh, is trying to spread her germs all over the house right now. So sweet. Do that. <laughs> so let's get into some of the biggest uh, things with 2019. So I know a lot of people have some feelings on this. Uh, the Spartan Elite qualification changes. Mm. So, Josh, you want to start us off? Who, with that one? who all qualified? Didn't everybody qualify? Let the record show that Jason Dupree, Scott Knowles, and Josh Chase have their hands up. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, everybody except for me. I snuck in there with a Long Island Sunday sprint <laughs> top five finish. <laughs> uh, I, def- I definitely poached my my EQC. Um, I mean, I I'm a big fan of it. I think. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I think 2019 was probably Spartan's most successful year. If I had to, if I had to guess at it, uh, just in terms of making a sport in the competitive side of the business, I don't know how they did bottom line wise, but that's not up to me to decide. So uh, I'm looking forward to 2020 and what what we're going to see, assuming that they can spell words properly on their medals and uh, huh. figure out a few other things. But I think um, you know we might see some smaller elite waves. Uh, but hopefully that builds a little more competition between the individuals that we'll see over and over again, and and maybe a little more competition in the age group folks for 
for people that want to bump up to elite. But uh, if if I can do it, everybody can do it. <laughs> as long as you don't run with your significant other. Right. Right. Uh, Scott, what are your feelings on it? Um, I, I guess at first I was thinking – you know, the same thing Josh said, the elite heats are going to get smaller because of this. But I honestly think, it, you know, it's going to it's going to affect both heats. But the men's heat are going to be smaller. More people are going to run age group simply because of the fact that the age group passed, although it went up in price. The elite heat or the elite, you know, pass, it's thirteen hundred dollars. I mean, so you got that, you got the $30, you know, fee on top of that to qualify for elite. You know, a lot of people that, you know, the people that were probably like, you know, placing 15th place that were never going to get on the podium. This is probably going to be the year where they say, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to drop the age group, save money. Yep. And the women's heat, I mean, they were already looking, unless it was a series race, a lot of the women's elite heats were showing like at a no-show race where, I mean, they were having trouble getting 10 women in the heat. So, I mean, it's just going to get worse. Yep. Jason but, and Anna? Anna, go ahead. Yeah, I remember – well, I didn't race any Spartans this year, but I remember last year whenever I, Ooh, I raced um, – <laughs> lame, you're lame. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I think it was Austin. I think I ran, uh, in the elite heat for a sprint. Um, and there was, there was like 10 women in the elite group and we were like, yeah, we all placed top 10, <laughs> you know? So, um, definitely the women's heats could use some help. And, um, like what you said, Scott, with the, with the prices going up and the price of the elite pass, you buy the elite pass, but you still have to pay for the entrance for each, every race that you register for on top of what you're already paying for. So yeah, it, I mean, it, you're definitely getting rid of all those people that are like, oh, I'm going to sign up for the elite heat because I want an early start. <laughs> so you've already weeded out all those people, right? Hopefully. Well, for, for some you know, some people are going to say that it's a good thing that the heats are going to be smaller. Like for the heats, they're going to got to turn off terrain. this yeah. terrain race shirt here. Uh, for the the heats to be smaller, that's a, a good thing, right? Like we want, you know, some people will say that for sure. I think I agree that the heat being smaller, it means that you earned your spot there. Like when I go to um, OCRWC or uh, NORAM, you know, a race like that where you have earned your spot, even if it's an age group, like that feels cool. It feels cool to have earned your spot. Um, so I, I think it'll be good. Like, do we, do we not want to see them be gigantic? I mean, we don't want to see them be gigantic, right? Cause then you look at the guy who's uh 50th place and it's like, Oh, well he was three hours in a, in a, in a super, but did he, is that elite? You know, so maybe we'll see just more like a f actual elite times instead of uh, what we've been seeing. But it's going to make a big, you're, you're right, it's going to make a big impact on the uh, age group. So you're going to see a lot of times in the age group because they don't want to pay or whatever other reason. And those times are going to be faster than some of the elites still. But did they earn that spot where they should be in elite? I don't know. Yeah, it's a tricky thing, but I think they are moving in the right direction. I think at the very least, hopefully there's less slow men that the elite women have to pass. 
uh, because I think that is kind of bullshit how like, you know, you have Lindsay and, and all these amazing women that are just, you know, having to pass all these guys that don't belong there in the first place. Um, and I think also it's better for the sport. I don't remember who said this. It might've been, been you, Josh, one time where like you have some nobody leading for the beginning of like Tahoe. Like, who is that? We don't know. And then like the rest of the race, it's actual athletes, but like it makes it look more professional that there is a pro heat now. Um, so I am all for the change, but it should be interesting to see how it plays out in 2020. Um, staying on the topic of Spartan, how do we feel about the trail series? Cause that was new uh, for this year. I feel, I feel like they're squeezing the trail in to just get like another thing out there. And, and so I was at, was that three races? I think where there was a trail race this year, like Palmerton and, and Palmerton was like the first East coast trail race that they had. So it, it obviously was huge, but it really was just everybody that already run the super or the sprint earlier in the day. So to me, I think, all right, the original intention is get trail runners, you know, popular trail runners to come out and, uh, maybe move them into obstacle horse racing. But, you know, we saw at the trail championship this past weekend, you get Eric Gray, who's a world renowned trade run trail runner. So if you follow trail running at all, you probably know him. I guarantee 90, 95% of Spartan racers have no idea who this guy is. Um, I didn't. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, is it going to continue to be a thing? Sure. But I think it's just like, it's kind of like where world where tough mutter was three or four years ago where they're like, Hey, we got a 5k. Hey, we got a half. Hey, we got a full, Hey, we got a competitive wave. Like here's 38 things. Um, pay for all of them. Right. And, and we don't really know where the hell it's going. So, but they say 2020 is going to be a big year for trails. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a cool idea, but I mean, if it's taken away from, you know, what they're trying to do with obstacle course racing, you know, maybe it's not a good idea. Kind of like same way with Tough Mudder in 2018, tried to do all this new stuff in one year, you know, and come back on them at the end. But, I mean, from what I understand, the trail series has been pretty good for them. So, and I see a lot of people doing it. A lot of people that would run sec on the Sunday races are choosing to run the trail race instead of the Sunday sprint. So, hmm. um, yeah, the trail races could be a good addition to their repertoire, I guess. I don't know. I would do a Spartan race on a Saturday and do a trail on a Sunday if I didn't want to do like another shorter, light version of their obstacle course on, on a Sunday, you know, that would be kind of cool, especially if I was like training for something bigger later on in the year or something. But um, it's definitely exposed a lot more people, though, to obstacle racing, um, and just that world, I think. So it's been good exposure for them. I just, and then with them acquiring this mountain bike thing, like, are they heading towards like the world of adventure racing even beyond that? Like, mm. who knows? Yeah, I, I agree. I think if they're trying to do some just big corporation full of all these different types of races, then they're headed in the right direction. So maybe, I mean, and you also, you know, as a business, you got to try something to grow. And since they're standardizing their races, how far can they grow in the Spartan race? You know, the OCR race itself, the OCR race, the OCR itself, because it's getting standardized. It's going to be a single thing. You, I mean, they've saturated market. They got the most races out there. So maybe the uh, trail race is just another way to expand. 
So if that if that's the case, then if they're trying it and it's working, it's bringing in the money that they're hoping for, then then why not? But uh, the people that go out to do trail races, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know the trail race uh, clientele or environment enough to say like, are people tired of the trail races that they're doing right now and they're looking for something different? Has anybody here run a trail race this year? Yeah, no. no. I've trail, trail, trail races here and there. No, but a like trail race trail. or a Spartan oh, trail Spartan race? No. <laughs> no. My my biggest thing, so being the only one that's run one, my biggest thing is, it just seems like all they're doing is relapping the trail race like course onto a Spartan course. And for me, when I think trail race, I think actual running. I think not necessarily mountain climbing. Like you'll have elevation in a trail race, but. <laughs> it'll be mostly running. And I think it's difficult to take that out of a Spartan course and do it as like a separate entity. So to me, it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm on the Spartan course. I'm just bypassing the obstacles and it's, they're calling it a trail race. So I, I don't think it's there yet. Like if they, if they do a trail race on the same weekend with as a Spartan race, I'd want to see it on new terrain and new areas of the course that we, we haven't run already. That's well, they I'm do thinking. take you off the course somewhat. Yeah. Right, looking at the maps, they do take you off the course and think about what a what a trail race is. You know, compared to other trail races, you you are on trails typically, and from what we hear, there's a lot of fire roads and you know other standard uh, paths that Spartan takes. Now, does Spartan take more fire roads than other obstacle courses? I don't know. That's uh, maybe sometimes. Sometimes they do, depending on where they're at. Yeah. So is it a is it a trail race? Is it comparable to other trail races? Um, you've run one, Josh. So I guess you're the only one to say for sure. If, if Matt was here, he well, I've have heard that the people that you know, it's not your normal trail race. You know, most trail races you go and do, it's a pretty cut trail. It's a popular trail that's been you know run and pushed down. Where as these Spartan trail. Uh, races they're more of a bushwhack trail so in that sense it is a a more adventurous different kind of trail race than normal you know trail races that are out there i would think yeah the one we did in jersey was kind of a mix it was it was the the bushwhacking off-road you know mountain climbing spartan race path you're used to and then uh, a bit of fire road and stuff like that so it it was a bit of a mix i also hear that a common complaint by people is the price difference uh, I've run a lot of trail races and they're pretty cheap. Uh, how much is a, a Spartan trail? Do you know, Josh, offhand? Uh, I want to say they start around like 60 bucks or so. Just I'm shooting from the hip on that. I don't know off the top of my head, but, um, you know, definitely more expensive than a local trail race that you'll find, like a local trail 10K. I mean, the uh, three-day trail event that Molly runs, you, you can do up to like a 100-miler is like 40 bucks. So they're definitely on the higher spectrum of pricing in terms of uh, compared to what else is out there, but you're getting obviously a lot more. Most trail races don't have medals, don't have headbands, don't have bag check, all that stuff. So I, I, I sort of get that. Yeah. I actually feel like that is pretty comparable to the ones I've run. Like when, when I think about a, a 10 K it's about that price, but then whenever I do look at like a 30 or 50 miler, those are you know over a hundred dollars easily. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to well, the, say the, here, yeah, the hundred. Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. So down here in South Georgia, I mean, like, there's a half marathon race that I do every year, and it's sixty five dollars. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just different locations, or maybe there's just more trail races up north. But a lot of the trail races down here, I mean, 
unless it's like a 5k or something most of them down here are about 50 dollars and up. i mean new england's a pretty jam-packed area so maybe yeah yeah, yeah we got races. we got a lot of stuff up here <laughs> well the trail races around here are relatively cheap even the ones in louisiana i've got a couple um race directors in louisiana that hold trail races the 100 miler that i'm thinking about doing in a couple years is like I don't know, maybe $120, but like wow. the, the atmosphere, I mean, the atmosphere is like second to none, just like the service that you get and the interaction with the race director and the interaction with the aid station, like they're, they've, they've grown it into where like they have, um, the competitions between aid stations, like who can make like the coolest, funnest aid station. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's become like, sort of like that's where you have like these small trail communities in these in these states or in these towns you know that kind of get together and put together their own little trail races and to me that to me personally that would be more enjoyable than like going to like a big corporation like spartan and going and doing a trail race well how how are the i mean does spartan have aid stations because that's a pretty big part of road running and trail racing yeah. right yeah, yeah the, i mean i guess it de would depend they have water on water stations right? Yeah, that's about it. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> so like the water stations that you would see at a race. Right, exactly. Race. So we, we ran the 10K, I think, <laughs> in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, and we had one water station, maybe two water stations, um, you know, where a, a, you run a trail. And again, comparing sort of a different event, but you run a trail like 50K, you'll have these massive aid stations with oranges yeah. and pretzels and potatoes and soda, like all this stuff. So it whiskey, definitely yeah. is a different environment. Whiskey, if you, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely whiskey, fireball. <laughs> well, here's a, a price in Texas. There's a race that goes, you, you actually, I think start and go through a, uh, a cavern at the towards the beginning of the race. And you have a 5k, 10k and a half marathon and the prices are 55, 65 and 90 for the half marathon. And that's a pretty unique one, so I would consider that a little high. So that's pretty cool. I just checked the Palmerton 10K next year, which is in July, I think, and it's fifty four ninety nine right now. So comparable, I guess. Okay, good to know. I always thought like I thought it was more expensive than that, and I thought like, oh, you're paying for the name, but the name doesn't really mean much to trail runners. So I was confused about that, but no, it does make sense. Like you get a cool medal, you get the the swag that people love. So. Yeah, but, but yeah, you're talking about like full price to $54, right? I mean, I mean, and I'm sure that a lot of the people that are running the trail races, if they've never done a Spartan before, they probably are going to the website and paying full price. But for us, that's been around the block. We know that you never pay full price for a Spartan race. Right. And if but, you got a season pass, it's included. So that's <laughs> nice. Yeah. So a couple other changes for 2020, uh, they announced, they announced a new ultra series, uh, also city Spartans. I admittedly don't know much about these city Spartans other than it's gonna be like a white metal. Um, so what do you guys trying to compete with uh, city challenge? Probably. Well, city challenge is too small. If you believe Elvi from city challenge, Spartan apparently tried to buy city challenge from him, according to him. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but, uh, I think they're, and again, it's, we're just expanding our audience to an extent. Uh, they Spartan, first off, can do nothing right in the eyes of its audience, unfortunately. Like, everything they announce is going to be met with people complaining. Um, you know, both good and bad. I guess it, it means that people give a shit and they enjoy the sport, but they also are very offended by lots of things. Um, but the, the city event, to me, I think, local 5K, 
right? You might start, just take, you know, take New England. You might have some coastal city or New Jersey or something where uh, you go run a 5K, you start on the boardwalk, you go run, you finish there, everybody's got a big party. Spartan wants to cash in on that and say, hey, we've got the same thing. You know, we're going to do this low-key event, kind of stadium-like. No mud, no huge climbs, no massive hills, like nothing to kill the average person that uh, doesn't want to get into like big time mud run Spartan. So I, I think it, it makes sense to me. That makes more sense than a trail race does for Spartan. Um, So it'll be interesting. I waiting to see the medal and I, I fully expect them to uh, do a 180 and say, we're going to do competitive waves at them. Cause as of right now, the same, they're not going to. This is uh, Joe DeSena, Joe DeSena's idea, right? His favorite type of races. I have no idea. No, no mud. Yeah. Easy. It's right up his alley, close to home. The guy that just spent two days dragging a chain up a mountain uh, in Vermont. <laughs> did he really? Yeah, that's what he did for the last two days with Yancey. So, uh, didn't somebody say that he like started having issues because he's been carrying that that gone uh, the kettlebell? His entire life. Who could have seen that coming? Since he was a little boy. <laughs> you know, it makes me wonder if, since they're not going to do a competitive heat, are they not going to time it? And that way it can save them money too. No chips. So they're still going to no time chips. it. Untiming they, chips. They are? Okay. Yeah, they've said they're still going to have timing chips. It'll just be all open waves. Yay. What's the point of timing? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can still compete at that point. But the other thing I'm wondering is, so we've also heard rumors of no competitive or no like podiums and stuff on Sundays for other events too. So are they just looking to move Hmm. like these podiums and these like, hey, big moments to Saturdays when a meaningful audience is there? Like to me, if, you know, if you got six people in a, a wave, like the elite women's wave, doing a podium for that. It's not that those girls don't like deserve the podium for it, but it, I think it loses a little luster for them in in some way. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Well, if they're trying to make the elite wave more authentic or whatever, harder to get into. And then you take the uh, Sunday event and you have an elite wave there too, and you're splitting your audience and some people are going to cherry pick because there's less people on Sunday. If they take away the Sunday competitive wave, that makes sense because then Saturday is the day. Like if you don't run Saturday, then that's your you've lost your shot. So I can see that. That'd be good. Yeah, it was like it used to be. You know, they used to didn't do cash payout on Sunday, Saturday race on. Or I think they won like a free race or something. Yeah, that was not that long ago. Yeah, was it twenty seventeen? Maybe. Maybe sixteen, something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. So I'm kind of excited for this whole like city idea. It makes me think of, have, have any of you guys run like urban raid back in the day when that was a thing? So they set up a course like in the heart of Boston, like you're cr- climbing up right next to city hall and they did a fantastic job utilizing the city. And um, it's probably one of my favorite, most unique courses that I've done before. So I'm kind of, I got some decent expectations for that. Again, I do want to see the metal. Um, it's a unique metal. So I want it. Uh, same for trail. I haven't done trail yet, but. I'll be doing that. They're not thinking about lumping some of these stadium courses into the the city series. I don't think so. I think they'll keep it. I don't think so. Because it's going to be like a different color. Each thing's going to have its color, and this one's white, I think you said, right? I know it's been said before, but it would be pretty amazing to 
see stadium races be longer and go from like one stadium to another or out the stadium around, you know, the area. Yeah. I know that, that will never happen. That probably won't happen, but that would be awesome. Like <laughs> Dallas is a perfect example because they've got the Cowboy Stadium and the Ranger Stadium right next to each other. Like how amazing would that be to go into right. both? Yeah. That would be cool. It's not out of the ordinary that that happens in Philadelphia. You've got mm. the three different sports teams in one area. In Baltimore, you've got um, the football and baseball stadiums right next to each other. It just is double the amount of money to rent. Venue. Sure. Two huge venues. Yeah. I wonder how much they have to pay to rent like a stadium to do that. I can't do, of course. And godly amount. Probably yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's why Stadium Blitz is at all these college stadiums and not pro stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> so another big thing that happened in 2020, uh, Warrior Dash went under. So I, I think a lot of people seem to care a lot, and now we're to the point where everyone's like, eh, probably for the best. <laughs> they haven't been great in the past few years. Uh, do we all agree with that? Or <laughs> uh, I believe – sorry, Josh, you're first. Go ahead. No, continue on. Okay, I believe uh, Anna and I, you, we talked about it, and, and I, I said my personal feelings. When I did my last Warrior Dash, I, I traveled for it in, I don't know, 17, 16, 17, somewhere in there, and I was like, not doing any more of those. I mean, just for myself, I've, I've just gone to so many, harder, so, much, so many harder and longer and better events that it was just like, this is not worth it at this point. Now, for, for beginners, I could still be, see it being worth it, but for myself, it was not, and I couldn't support the quality of event that I saw either. Yeah, and I think it's like they're in a they're in a unique space where you got Rugged Maniac in the same space, you've got a Spartan Sprint in the same space. Uh, there's only there's only so much room in the sandbox, sadly, and I think uh, they're also owned by a company that was more hyped about doing events and and festival type things than running the logistics of building things and you know all this stuff so it's i i just think it wasn't a very good fit not that not that it wasn't a successful company because i i don't think that's really why they shuttered the operation i think it just it it wasn't as you know it's not like there wasn't another option for consumers out there so priorities and i haven't i haven't done a warrior dash since i think 2014 or 15 maybe um, Same. <laughs> one I did was great, you know, muddy, fun obstacles, big slides, that kind of stuff. Um, but not, you know, I, I need a little more in my life. Yeah, I think it was just a more sentimental thing whenever they went under, because I think that's pretty much whenever everybody that's obstacle racing now, whenever everybody first started, that's pretty much the only race that was in that space we didn't have rugged maniac back then or at least i didn't know about it back then like 2013 14 whenever it was so like that was the first thing that i did was a warrior dash so i think it was a more sentimental thing for everybody like that was the one race you could convince all your friends to go to because you could like drink beer with them afterwards and <laughs> and wear ridiculous hats and whatever but um yeah, I think I did one more after my first one, and then I was like, eh, I'm ready to move on from this. Scott, have you ever run one? Uh, negative, so I guess I really don't have an opinion on the matter. I mean, I, you hate to see an OCR company go down in this day and age, um, but from what I heard, you know, it, was, it wasn't the, the best event, and a lot of people, I think Matt had always said, you know, that, it could be a rugged maniac and they chose to not let it be that. that. And to me, I mean, rugged's great. 
I mean, it's just challenging enough and it's got, a, you know, enough fun obstacles where, you know, I would always do rugged a warrior dash from what people tell me. The last warrior dash that I ran, um, one, I got yelled at twice by not doing the obstacles correctly. They said I was supposed to crawl on something instead of running across it, <laughs> which if you saw the obstacle, it made no sense. What um, obstacle? The, the mask oh, across the water? Magic carpet ride, yeah. They're like, you're That's, supposed to crawl. Yes, whole, you like, definitely run across is, What? The whole premise is yeah. you run fast enough to not fall in the water. <laughs> right. so, so that happened. Screw those guys. Our, yeah, our start was delayed by 45 minutes uh, because they didn't have an, enough ambulances at the venue. Uh, during the crawl through like the really dark thing, I pulled out like a huge nail. Uh, and this one other big oh, thing. My. It, oh, it was just a terrible... And, like, things this is a rugged? No, this was... Sorry, this was uh, Warrior Dash. Oh, Warrior Dash. The last Warrior Dash that I ran. And... They had like the big thing with oh, Mike's dying. Warrior Honestly. Dash helmet, and it was like it was falling apart. I'm like, this is just embarrassing. So the best thing about this, we could talk last year one because there's like, but we can talk all kinds of shit about Warrior Dash, and we can't get sued. That's yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> In my last episode, I told him like I said like there's no real reason to do this anymore, and um, I'm not shocked that they've gone under. I'm really not. It is a bummer that it was midway through the season. I think that's extremely unfair. Uh, never got one of the hats. Yeah, they should have they at least sucked. Who cares? finished through their big tough year <laughs> and then said, hey, we're done. I got a couple hats. I'll bring you one to Jacksonville, Scott. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sweet. <laughs> um, so another big race brand. I was help- hoping Heather would be here because this was a big topic last year. But um, Tough Mudder is big taking away prize money, which we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but they said that they were doing that to step up their venue experience. So has anyone noticed a difference with this year's Tough Mudder venue experience um, in the festival area compared to last year? I'd say, yeah, if they've reshifted that money to a different place, uh, it showed. Yeah. Like their events were really good and uh, there was just a lot more going on in the festival areas for sure. Has anyone else done any Tough Mudders? Nope. No, definitely. Even for the regular Tough Mudder classics, um, like the one we did in College Station, Jason, were you there? Yeah. You were yeah. There. <laughs> well, we did tougher, and yeah. you know, people complain because they're not like they're not uh, keeping track of uh, who's completing what obstacles. It's it's just not right. being the yeah. elite wave is not being uh, quality controlled. But who cares? Uh, it's yeah. it's there's 20 people running that thing and it's uh, the, the money is going to, it's more than 20 Scott. I saw your eyebrows go down. It's, uh, it, there's, it's, it's, there's a, several people running it, but the really the majority of the place where the money got shifted to is the, the, the rest of the day. I mean, that's the first yeah. crowd that runs through. It's that's the people that want to run first. Anyway, they used to run first before they got the competitive wave because they were the people they would, that first wave was always the world's toughest wave. So you would see people with their bibs, you would see people with the like 25 time headbands and they were the people that was the crowd that knew each other. And they shifted the uh, money to, or they did competitive ways. And then those people got upset. They're like, well, now we can't run first. We got to pay more to run first. And then they shifted to, okay, we've got the competitive wave, but then we got a wave right after called first mud. And then you get in that wave by paying a little bit more, and so, it yeah. The rest of the day, I mean, you got nine o'clock all the way to three o'clock or whatever that they've shifted money to the focus of making those people's event and experience better. So, good job. 
Yeah, I think it was a success too. I'd I'd have to agree because the Tough Mudder events that we went to this year, they were all very enjoyable. Like just to even stick around and hang around around the race festival, which usually I don't like to do. I just like to like just go run and leave. But yeah, from experiences of like when I was there just to do media and then like run a much later heat, like it was fun because I had a whole bunch of games out there. The DJ was having a lot. Of, I mean, it's not quite Savage Races level, but they had some great <laughs> games going on and. Um, I really thought it was much, much better than last year. So I was happy to see that. Um, and speaking of prize money, world's toughest mother prize money. I think there's a difference between taking away tougher, toughest money, but world's toughest mother prize money. Do we think it's going to come back next year? And should it? I think it should. Uh, I, I bet they go another year without it and then go from there. Because I think, you know, in terms of, sample size just looking at the people that um showed up like this is what like their second least amount of attended events like so i I think they've got to build the hype around the event which i think they did a great job this year like i've always followed world's toughest mutter but going there was a completely different story of what what kept me kind of interested in it so i think they've done a good job of building the hype and the excitement around the event next year they need to ride that pony and still continue that trend and then bring back um you know prize money or you know if they if they do some small prize money that's good but it's you're not gonna you're not gonna get a ryan atkins until you're gonna dump 20 grand onto this event right so uh i i think if you're if you're strapped for cash which i don't know if they still are they they probably are still watching the bottom line um but do it again uh, new locations are automatically going to get a ton of new people i think they suffered after atlanta in 2018 Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the move to Dallas is going to be a good move. And I think right off the bat, they're going to get probably a couple hundred more people just on that move alone. Yeah. Just yeah, on the new location alone, they're going to get a lot of, a lot of new people showing up to WTM and next year being their 10th anniversary. I think they might focus more on that, especially with their events and making their events even, even better experience with what they were successful with this year and then bringing that into next year. Um, so yeah, I don't. I really don't think they're gonna bring prize money back to WTM. They, I agree with Josh. They probably will not do that for another year, at least. And look at the the group that that came. You still had three people hit 100 miles. You had the women fighting hard just as usual, and there was no prize money. Nobody cared. Uh, if you brought it back, like maybe Ryan Atkins would come back and win every single time. I mean, is that? exciting like yes we would all love him to be there but will it make a difference for the overall event i i don't know you got to think too that uh spartan ultra championships has really played a part into cutting into uh admission to both sides really you yeah know, of who's going to wtm and who's going to sweden or wherever they're going to have it next year that's a good point i i hope they bring it back eventually i can understand if they don't bring it they made a big deal about like oh this all all this money is going to charity so it's tough like do you want to take from the charity i i would want to see more money out there for the elites because i agree sharing the course with them um i wish Rhea was out there i i wish um Atkins was out there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was great sharing the course with uh, Trevor and Chris and Aaron and, and all of them, but like the more people there, the better. And, and how many events do you get to share the course with them? 
um, instead of them running first and like you get to cheer them on and then you run. Um, to be able to share the course with people, I think is what made World Service Mother so special to me. Um, but and I hope it comes back eventually. I guess that's the big thing with that. And just just like you said, Scott, the they are they do need to kind of compete with Sweden uh, with wherever the Ultra Championships is now because Spartans getting all the big people now because they have the money. So it's tricky. I'm sure that uh, Atkins and Rhea would have much rather ran in Atlanta than Sweden too. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, they went and ran in Fiji for eight days or whatever. Yeah. Atkins, I think, loves that. So you never know. Crazy. I mean, when they when they've done the uh, kind of event like Worlds as many times as they have, I mean, can you blame them for looking for something new? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Bracken made a comment earlier. This <laughs> getting distracted by these awesome backgrounds. <laughs> How are y'all doing that? I don't know, but uh, pure boredom. Jason <laughs> is now a donut. <laughs> I'm the donut. I just had a whole pizza and now I'm hungry again. Uh, but earlier this year, Bracken made a comment on Obstacle Dominator before he left. Rip. Uh, the difference between <laughs> obstacles and, and tasks. So I, f- I feel like certain obstacles like the spear throw at, at Spartan Race, that's more of a task than an obstacle. Um, do we think that there's ever going to be like a course correction and trying to stay towards more of the obstacles than boring tasks to do in a race? Where's that line? I think, but wouldn't wouldn't that be an, a Ninja Warrior course then? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, really, <laughs> sort of. But I, I think Bracken, sort of. Bracken has a mindset that races should only be designed for elites and pros, and that nobody else really matters. Um, <laughs> and that's that's not a dig at him, but it's and I get why he has that opinion because that's the space he's in. Um, but to him, it's like not not everything has to be catered towards your side of the industry in fact to me to be honest completely the opposite um spartan could definitely do with some harder obstacles and i think if they had harder obstacles that that conversation is null and void um the spear throw i think is is going to be around yeah the spear throw one it's going to be around forever but it's going to be like it's going to be the throwback to what spartan was way back in the day uh, so when, you know, in five, 10 years from now, when we have some <laughs> completely different spark, <laughs> weird Jason Dupree baby head going on there, <laughs> when we Sorry, find I'll stop. a completely different look and feel to Spartan, the spear throw is still going to be there and it'll be like this, this beck and call of, of ages past for Spartan. So, or, you know what, Bracken, if, if you don't like it, learn how to throw a spear. Like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Josh wants Spartan to bring back the gladiators. I think <laughs> they were supposed to. What, have, what the heck happened? They were to supposed that? to. Yeah. They made that promise. Joe made. I'm gonna have to go dig up the video that Joe brought that up in. You're gonna Joe have to hold Joe to that. Totally with him with that chain, he drag up the mountain. Yep. Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, I don't like, and I understand that they are trying to standardize everything and they're making the sprint, you know, the entry level race. And I get that, you know, it's the easiest one for, you know, everybody doing, which may be their first obstacle course race, but from the competitive side and like, I know, I know they're catering to the open heats. That's where they got to, because that's where the money's at. 
But when you're running a competitive heat in a sprint and the only thing out there is a rig and monkey bars and a spear, the only thing that's probably going to get failed is the spear. Yep. Yeah, they got to Unless it's wet, but yeah, if it's dry. Unless it's wet, yeah. I almost think that next year we see things like Twister and Olympus move into sprints, at least for like the national series. I don't see any reason if we're going to go all the way down to Jacksonville to run a Sunday sprint, why they can't have Olympus there, why they can't have Twister there, because it's going to be on course from the Super the day before. Um, you know, so bring it to the national series, if anything. These pros are all asking for harder obstacles and – um, you know, the open waivers, they're going to skip it if they want to skip it. They're going to do it if they want to do it. And they may or may not do their burpees if they try it and fail, whatever. It's like, have it there and, okay, you just appeased half of your audience. So Right. Even just a shorter version of it. I remember going down to Florida and they had like shorter versions of Olympus and Twister, I think, in one of the Florida races. Because it was like at the end of the year. So it wasn't like a national series race or anything. But, I mean, we still went down to Florida and ran, I think, the – the beast in the sprint or something like that and they had just a shorter easier version of it not quite as long i'll take well, a section twister any day yeah. you know we've heard suggestions from pros even to say you know take a bell and put it at the end of a three section or four section brig and then move it whenever after the elites go through so yeah. they have less sections yeah yeah they really do need to make i think they need to make some changes like that uh, i i haven't been able to do twister in a while because i've been only doing sprints so maybe i need to change up the races that i do but it would be nice to see more interesting obstacles at sprints as well because mike when you do a twister uh do you get through one section uh i've done twister once so and i got through one section yeah i think i felt oh, you only had a chance to do it once yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to do it again just to see if I can do it because right, you might just need more practice. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, I miss the black grips. Really, so you I like heard, them? I heard I mixed things them. about that. I heard it rotated with them though. I did. Yeah, but it didn't tear your calluses up, and when it That's was true. raining, you yeah. had so much more grip on those. Oh, when wow. it was raining. Yeah. That uh, that twister in uh, Dallas this year. And in Florida, like Florida, once the sun came out and that thing got like oh, 110 man. degrees, it just shreds your fingers. <laughs> oh, man. It was bad was in Florida. The metal actually hot? Well, it's, it, it's hot. It's it just dry, gets dry. like, yeah, it gets dry and sticky. And it just, it, when you transition off of the thing, it just, it takes your skin with it. <laughs> North American Championships has taught me that I'm a complete baby as soon as I rip my hands open. So <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, care who you are, man. Hurts, man. Once, once yeah, those things are bad. open, it's, it's torture. Oh, yeah. terrible. We got to all invest in some of them Franklin uh, gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a Franklin glove? It's the, Fit, the 2020 brand. version of Fit4. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. They just like straight Walmart up stole brand. Fit4's design. And... <laughs> oh, yeah, those. Okay. <laughs> uh, so a big topic last year was uh, we talked about whether or not OCR-related TV shows help the sport. Um, the Titan Games came out. Did anyone watch it? I did. Titan Games? I did. Oh, I didn't. Okay. How, how was it? I love The Rock, but I had no very little interest in that. <laughs> the well, show I, itself. I only watched a few good, episodes. No, I only watched a few episodes because Chris was on the show. So <laughs> I only watched like her episode. I, so. I did watch the whole thing. And, and Anna, we actually talked about it a good bit. I, yeah. I, the show was cool. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cheese to it. I mean, it's a 
television show. You're going to get that. But uh, the competition itself, while the obstacles or the competitions were neat, I didn't like how they had like two brackets of people, and then these two people did one obstacle or one challenge, and then these two people did a di completely different challenge. So your strength here might have worked, but your strength uh, might have been against you in the first competition, and it completely, you know, screwed you. But the yeah, show like itself the... was okay, and I just, you know, if you don't like all the uh, the cheesy parts, skip through them, but the competitions were, were good. Yeah, the the challenges looked like fun. Like they looked like a lot of fun to do. Like, and I think the way they they paired up the the competitors was really well well done. But um, yeah, I mean, it just I I thought like the challenges just catered to whatever the competitors' strengths were, and so it wasn't really I don't know I don't know if they were actually like really competing against each other. Hmm. If you if you cater to each person's strengths you know well think of a similar show steve austin where you were competing down a bracket to get to the end uh everybody did the exact same thing yeah. so oh, yeah. you made it to the end you couldn't complain oh i got into this competition but i wasn't strong even though i'm fast but because everybody had to do the same thing so yeah yeah and then another big one well another one uh million dollar mile uh, I watched three oh, episodes of that. I watched it solely because people that I get to see them, like at races, like VJ Jones and all that, were doing it. And so I, I liked it. That. I didn't like the narration of it. Yeah, it was Tim Tebow ruined it. He did everything else. <laughs> I I loved everything except for that. Though. The fake hype, the paid audience, like the every the show's got. Some yeah. fake host, man. Come on. Yeah, I mean the premise. <laughs> the premise of Million Dollar Mile was awesome, and I I would love yeah. a chance to run Million Dollar Mile as like a yeah. contestant. Um, but the execution and the the lack of like relatable hosts just nope. I'm hyped up. You're hyped up. <laughs> Let's get going. Like, ugh. yeah. The, the premise and the competition was was pretty cool but it just as a television show it was not enjoyable to watch it didn't even though they they tried to build these moments of like oh my god are they going to make it i don't know but it just the way they cut it was garbage and it didn't pan out to to make it exciting yep. that was terrible the only reason why i watched that show was to see like mike said people that we see on the obstacle courses on the on the courses mm -hmm. yeah that's the well, only was, reason why i watched it yeah, I think that's what made it good to pretty much us. We just wanted to see the, you know, the pros, go, you know, in a show like that. And I mean, I guess that's probably what I like about it the most, really. But I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I would love to see Hunter chase down Josh and talk shit when he passes. <laughs> That'd be him. awesome. That would be all about that it. I would watch. That I would totally watch in prime time. <laughs> Maybe we can organize that at the Jacksonville Sprint. Like he gives Set me a five-minute five-minute head start. Yeah, Did you there. see where he's trying out for the Titan Games? He had someone on his Instagram about it. Oh yeah. Are oh, they doing more of it? Yeah, they're having another yeah, season. I so. Well, I don't uh, think Million Dollar Miles getting another season though, because I know the ratings were so bad that they moved they the change? timing of it. Yeah, and yeah. then they moved other shows yeah. earlier. Yeah, less than two weeks before they relegated it to Friday, and then yeah, it was so confusing when it was on. They did show the whole thing eventually, but yeah, they pushed it back to a weird time. A now, I know it wasn't this year; uh, they didn't have a season this year. But I don't hear a lot of people talk about uh, 
Ultimate Beastmaster that was on Netflix, even though it had some uh, OCR people on it. You are the only person that I know that talks about that show, and I feel like I need to check it out. <laughs> I've never it seen sounds it. awesome. I've never. I've it's good, man. It before I heard it from Jason. Um, yeah, it's uh, so it's Sylvester Stallone as a producer, so he's in it for like a yeah. second, and uh, but its hosts were actually pretty dang funny, and I think uh, one yeah. of the hosts on the a second season was uh, CM Punk, and he surprised me how well he did. Uh, but their hosts were a, a blast to listen to, yeah. and the competition had some cheese to it, but uh, but it was still like the 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 course itself w- was tough, and you would see some people like how did how did they some some stuff that was like man how did they not get past that that was too easy. But, Am I the uh, only one that watches some of these and I was like, how would the, these obstacles are not hard? Like, it should be so much easier. But but then I'm sure if I'm in that position, it'll be totally different. But the spotlight. Yeah, right. Some of the beginning competitions <laughs> or obstacles were, were super simple. And some people failed on those. But then you have people like Ken Corriano who, you know, made it through multiple things and, and, and did really well. And the people that got through the end, I mean, they were serious, mostly climbers, like uh, rock climbers were the ones that did really well on that show. Yeah, those are the guys that usually excel in all of these. Ninja Warrior, they're all rock climbers. Yeah. Yeah. The host from the different countries, though, on Ultimate Beastmaster was probably the most entertaining thing to watch whenever they're all, like, screaming and cheering on their athletes or whatever. It's they would yell at each other and stuff, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> probably the most entertaining part of the show. And do we that think that these good. shows are, are helping direct people to the sport more um, for us? It's television. I mean, those people are sitting down watching television. They're not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think the fans of Ninja Warrior are going to throw up ninja warrior obstacles in their backyard or go run their local competition at their gym so it's it's more an entertainment piece and if anything it's brand recognition but it's not it's not driving numbers to the front door i don't think yeah it's made for the masses not for the athletes for sure like we we watch it because we enjoy it yeah we watch it because we enjoy it but if you didn't know about it would you go do i mean how many things on tv have you seen him in like I think I'll get into that. Yeah. They, I don't bring, watch American Ninja Warrior. If they bring you've seen one episode, like you've seen them all. Yeah. I agree. Bring Ninja Warrior to Boston, I'll totally do it. But I mean, I did start collecting Ninja Turtles because of the cartoon, but... <laughs> Me too. I stole some, too. <laughs> Hot take. I, I stole some Star Wars characters, and I got caught, and then they told my parents. <laughs> yeah. I oh, I thought book. you were talking about recently, Josh. I got no. busted on the Transformers. That's the ones I got caught stealing. I stole, uh, I stole a Darth Vader, and they caught me. It was, it was at a Bradley's. If you remember a Bradley's back in the day, Nobody I stole did. a Barney book when I was little. <laughs> I sat all the way to the car. How old could you like on purpose? Yep. yep. I like I know little. that I should pay for this, but I'm not. No, I, before I think so, but I, I brought it to the car. My mom found out. We walked right back to the store. It was probably like 20 girls or something. She found the manager and she made me apologize to the oh, manager man. of the store. And guess who hasn't stolen the damn thing since? No. No, nothing nothing that I can buy. Like street signs and all that fun stuff. That's all fair game. But like not in stores. I'm sure there had to be an episode on Barney where he talked about how stealing wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a story about a kid named Mike. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the last few things I wanted to to wrap up with is uh, 2019 goals that we had and 2020 goals to shoot for. Let's get them out on the record to 
really push ourselves. So I remember that I, I listened to last episode. So Josh was there, Heather was there. Um, so my goals were to train more and get less injuries. I think I got that. I also wanted an OCR age group podium, but I didn't end up running any competitively. So that's a big no. Uh, World Service mileage, I had said that I wanted 55 miles. Uh, I guess Javier told me that I should get 65. So I'm going to count that as kind of a win. And uh, I also wanted to do a handstand and still can't do a handstand. So You're doing a headstand right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I am. For those listening, I uh, flip my camera upside down and I can't fix Living it. Living the dream. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin's goals were to run a half marathon and not come in last. So she did that. And she also said that she was going to do 12-hour toughest in Philly, which she did not do. Uh, now, Josh, I don't know if you remember, but you said that you were going to try and beat your 50K record. You said your record was around seven hours and 40 minutes. Yep. Uh, do that? Nope. Ended up dropping out of my 50K because I was having hamstring issues. And, uh, what was your time in Dallas? Uh, nine, nine oh four, something like that. So not all of us are six-hour ultra beasters. <laughs> you also uh, talked about how you wanted to podium in your new age group. Um, 40 to 44. Yeah. I think, I think I said like a top 10 finish, but it became pretty clear that that was very achievable. I think I got that like in San Antonio. Awesome. Um, yeah, you did. So I, like my, my best finish was five in long Island. So awesome. good. I, I had a couple sixes, a seven, a nine and eight. Um, so next year I think it'll be a little harder. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I still have a, the same goal of a podium in 2020. And you also had one final goal, which I think you really did well with. You wanted to build an OCR community on this little thing called Discord. <laughs> I think I think that was generally successful. Uh, we got well over 500 members and like probably 40 of them that are actually active, like any Facebook group that's out there. But uh, I'll, I'll spare you all the, the advertisements because I do it all the time on our podcast. But uh, yeah, I think we got a, a good community of people and some – some inside info for some, from some good uh, staffers that are on there as well. So, I don't know if you've noticed, Josh, but for every episode that I put out, I always have a link to it, and I write something unique every single episode. Uh, just have fun with it. And uh, Heather's goal is real quick. I know she's not here. She wanted to release an episode every week. <laughs> um, she that's wanted hard. to, yeah, it is. That is hard. That's a, that's a lot. It is. Um, she wanted to get at least 65 miles at World's Toughest Motor. She did that. She wanted she to got do 60. Yeah. Uh, oh, she got 60? I thought she got yeah. 65. Well, she was going for 75. That's what I thought. So but, she, she had, but she spent four hours outside the in the pit in the uh, tent. Yes. Yeah, so at, as of January last year, she said that she secretly wanted 75, but she was telling people she wanted 65. But yeah, that did change a bit. She said she wanted to do West, well at Toughest Midwest get in top 10 Spartan when there's more than 20 elite women there and uh, get another age group podium. So uh, a lot of goals, right? Yeah. So if we want to go around, get on record of our goals for 2020. Uh, 2019. I don't, I didn't really have any goals because I came off of, you know, crazy issues in 18 and then 19 kind of just riddled with more different issues, but uh, nothing that was debilitating like it was in, in uh, 18. But so I just went into this year, not really having any goals and just kept running and having fun and, and really enjoyed it. Like going into worlds was, you know, a, 
what's my goal after 50? Well, 75, but I didn't get there, but it was a good learning experience. And, and honestly, after 17, this year, after doing 60 miles, I, I have a goal of 75. And I think like, you know how we talk about having achievable goals. And I know Ryan Atkins talked about it. Evan Ferris talked about it. Like having a goal in mind that it's slightly out of reach, but it's not insane. For me to say I can run 125 miles, that would be insane. But for me to say I had time to hit 65 and I need two more laps to do 75. So that's pretty achievable. And so to, to just kind of push it just a little bit more each year is nice because as far as endurance running goes, that's kind of how your body grows anyway. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, when I look back at everybody's kind of progress at World's Toughest Butter, like my – this is interesting because all of my training is going to be around short, fast races, like sprint supers, getting better at beasts is, is a goal. Cause I, the longer the distance, the worse I get in terms of position, That's just the way I race. Um, but then I have world's toughest mutter. So it's like, I would love to go in there and get 50 miles, which to me sounds achievable. It'll be the longest distance I've ever done. If I do it by a, by a long shot. Um, but then I look at, some people have gone in their first year with that goal and been like, I got 30 miles because that thing kicked the shit out of me. And there's a lot of unknowns. Like I'm, I'm doing uh, toughest Philly uh, just to, you know, help. yeah, help. figure some stuff out. So my goal is 50 miles at world's toughest mutter. If it's only 35, I won't be disappointed in that. Um, for me, it's get out there, get as many miles as I can to start the day and then survive the rest of it. It's pretty much how it's going to go. So, um, and then beyond that, just keep on running i think 2019 was my best year of running but it definitely towards the end of the year it definitely slowed down so uh just keep on moving ain't getting any younger as someone that got 50 40. miles on his first try um i will say it, it is doable it's mainly mental though I, I i think you'll find that most of the people that only got 35 miles there was a issue of them spending too much time in the pit if you go out there and you're at least at walking every lap i walked the majority of it and i got 55 this year um it's just a lot of picking yourself up and throwing yourself out in the course but i think it's totally doable and, uh, yeah josh as many, yeah. as many right as many ultras as you've done uh i don't see you have any issue with it as long as you can stay on course yep yes stay on course yep that was my issue <laughs> it's it's tough it's it's not easy but it's it it's that's that's what you, you gotta do it's it's tricky scott do you have yeah. any goals for 2020 um not really i'm just gonna go out there and kind of just do the same thing i did this year you know just go to every race and just try to do your best i'm probably gonna do the killington ultra again so even though i said <laughs> haven't learned your lesson huh promised i, I would just like to point again. out that Scott crossed the finish line, and before his second leg was even over the finish line, he's like, I am never fucking doing that again. He <laughs> no. said that the first year, too. I was there for I that. Did. Well, you know, my my buddy Michael, he uh, it's something nothing. happened to him, and, yeah, he got in a bad way, and he didn't get to finish, so he wants revenge, and I'd <laughs> feel left out if I didn't do it, too. You so. need to make sure he signs up, though, unlike your other friend who you came yeah. for revenge this year and never right. Tripped. Yeah, yeah. he's supposedly that. already signed up because he's coming back this year too. So two of my buddies are wanting revenge, so I'd hate not to do it if they're going to do it too. It's just I don't know what it is about that course, but 
after the pain wears off, I mean, it's just, it's such an adventure, but when you're doing that course and you remember everything from the first lap and you're thinking, crap, I still got to do that again. Then I got to do that again. And it's, man, it's just, that course is good about putting demons in your head. So you it's know. an abusive relationship is what it is. It is. <laughs> I'd like really- to point out that I have no regrets skipping the beast this year. I, I think <laughs> it was the best decision I made. Yeah. And you know, someone else that just ran uh, the Killington ultra for the first time and fell in love with it. Chris Mendoza, Doza. one of his favorite courses. And wow. he said, objectively, it is harder than Tahoe um, because he said he ran Tahoe on tired legs and finished much quicker than yep. he did for Killington. Um, it's a, that's a crazy, crazy course. I think everybody should do Killington at least once. Yes. That place is awesome. It is. It's beautiful. And you should go to the Ben and Jerry's factory after. <laughs> people well deserved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My 2020 goals uh, don't really revolve around distance goals except for worlds. Um, But it's really more around just the races that I get to do. So, myself with uh, a wife and two kids, uh, Anna's, I think, in the same boat. And that's probably why we make good co hosts uh, because we relate a lot in the fact that we've got to pick and choose. And Scott, you know, ultra you got a spartan pass so you get to do as many spartans as you can get to and that's cool but i can't do that I, i've literally got to pick uh one a month in in unless something like comes up and i've got nothing going on for a weekend i can go to something close by so that might happen for a spartan san antonio but for the most part it's it's just i want to do races that are unique and that i don't get to do often or the ones that i love the most like going to try and go to or am going to Ragnar, Colorado. I've done one Ragnar before. It was a blast. Colorado sounds, fun. you know, I love Colorado. And everybody gets I, to come visit me. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to coach. I'm not coach. I'm going to be the, uh, the leader for that one, whatever. And, uh, captain. you know, team the captain. captain. Yeah. I'm going to be team captain for that one. Cause when I did it, I kind of took over for a moment when the guy was off on course, uh, chasing after some girl, but, um, so that sounds fun too. So that's what it is. It's really more just like trying to find new experiences instead of trying to reach a mileage goal. Let me, I just want to add, you know, y'all that are doing this, that y'all have kids, you know, my hat is off to y'all because if I had kids, I, you know, just the stress of having kids, you know, I don't think I would have the ability to function to train and I know I'd be eating all their junk food if it was in my house too. So I'd probably be as big as all the house. chicken nuggets and craft mac and cheese and cereal. <laughs> There's still Halloween cereal. candy sitting around. Yeah, no, I got rid of the Halloween candy. I give it a week and then it's out of the house. But yeah, I no, I did Scott. I did have a year where I traveled a lot for races because I was spending obscene amounts of money on races and traveling and it, it does take, it did take a toll on like my relationship with my kids. And I was kind of sad about that. So like, that's why I, the last couple of years, like I seriously backed off from it because I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't like keep leaving my kids with like my mom or someone, something, you know, it's like yeah, such I an would... extra step. To <laughs> and not just the races. Yeah. But also the the time training. Exactly, yeah. just the time to train, and then like the the toll it takes on you afterwards. You're just so whooped that it's just like you don't even have fun anymore because like 
your family is not happy and your, when your family is not happy, you can't be happy. You know, like I got into this to inspire them and to be an example for them. And what good is it if I'm never around, you know? Yeah, that's right. So, so I, mean, yeah. I saw a long time ago, somebody posted a, a, a blog about, you know, quitting obstacle racing because of the, it took away, you know, they put too much into it and took away from their, the rest of their life. And the balance that you have with it all, we talk about it all the time. And me and April actually want to do an episode that just talks about that. And I, I, it's, it's huge. I mean, anything that you do, if you put too much into it and, and it, it's detriment to the rest of your life, you, you're going to stop probably. So yeah. to continue to do this thing that I love, I have to cut back and I have to force myself to focus uh, in other areas so that I can do this and, and still enjoy it. Yeah. And it becomes a conversation too with your partner. Like, you have to have that conversation about, Hey, this, these are my goals that I want to do this year. Like, is, do you think this is, is even feasible with the kind of schedule that we have and the kind of lifestyle that we have? Um, you know, is it, is it going to be doable with, you know, all the other schedules that we have to manage you know? and the things that you want to do? Right. And exactly. Important to you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's just the tricky part of it, but. I say you, I mean, when you're talking to them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> but that's probably like a good segue into my goals for next year because I'm not traveling as much for races. I mean, like, I just moved to this beautiful state <laughs> and yeah, I've hardly gotten, I've hardly gotten a chance to explore as much as I've wanted to. Like every day I have off, I want to go out and explore, but I've got to get the house together. I've got to get this together. You know, by the time I'm done with everything, it's already like, it's dark by 4:30, and it's like god <laughs> so um yeah i just want to do like more stuff locally and just explore the community around luckily i mean colorado obstacle racers they're a huge group that gets together and they're a pretty large group that gets together and does a lot of fun things like rucking and um little events of their own so i'm probably going to do that but i also i've been racking my brain about it about you know having a big goal in mind that's pretty reachable but um I, I i didn't come to that conclusion until this past weekend which i'm still rolling it around in my head so i'm not going to say it quite yet because <laughs> technically for 2021 so um yeah i'm going to save that for that year but all everything that i do this year will be in pursuit of of that that ultimate goal right so, but, yeah. I, I'd like to say how awesome is it that we have such choice like yeah. to say I have to limit myself to 12 race weekends a year right. and that's hard it's very hard yeah it's a good problem it's really <laughs> it's awful to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's rough because <clears throat> I just I pulled up my schedule for 2020 because I went through and looked at last year which was insane and next year I was like we're definitely not racing this much. And I look, at, <laughs> I look at May and it's like race weekend, race weekend, race weekend, race weekend, Memorial day. So it's like, great. My, my weekends offer like the major holidays where there's no races. So it's, and the interesting thing about this sport is you can run every weekend if you really want to. And if you have the means to, but like Josh, right. Well, <laughs> you guys have kids. We just have, bills from traveling so it's like <laughs> the trade-off yeah I'm, I'm not banking any money here because we're we're <laughs> flying everywhere this year so but it, for me it's like we've used it as a way to go see parts of at least the country 
and parts of the world, like we went to London this year for OCR worlds that we would never have gone to do otherwise. Um, so it's, it's a good excuse to go out and sort of explore parts of the, the U S that we've never seen. Like we're huge fans of Texas. We go to Texas multiple times every year and I'm psyched <laughs> that toughest mother is there. Um, Utah is going to be a staple on our calendar every single year, I think, cause Utah's gorgeous. Um, you know, and, and we'll constantly find, like, I, I definitely want to go out to Montana cause Montana looks like an amazing course. It does look awesome. So we're, we're going to continue to, to see what we can see out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's a means to an end, I guess, if it helps us travel and see some places, great. And, um, if nothing else, it helps us kind of stay connected to the community because no matter where we go, we're running into one of y'all out there. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, my Aww. goals are going to be the same as last year. The, the ones I didn't get at least uh, like to be able to do a handstand. Just want to work on like upper body in general, because I've never been strong uh, with grip strength or any of that stuff. Um, and I also want to focus more on speed a little bit more, taking a break from endurance, uh, just because world stuff is what it takes a lot out of me mentally before and physically after. So I want to do more, stadium races and, and, and train to be faster and see what I can do with that. Uh, I'd like to keep my band for OCR WC 3K. Um, not something like Josh does every year, but like I, I really want to keep my band. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I freaking lost mine. I, I ended up keeping it in. The only thing I kept it this year in is the team event. And I was super happy to come home from London and I lost it somewhere on course for the Dallas ultra. <laughs> I think when I was like pulling off my gloves, it must've flown off like 15 miles into it, I looked down, I was like, I don't have my band anymore. So I don't even have anything to show for it. So real quick with a team event, what are your thoughts on if you were, if you cut your band, but your teammate lost their band, should you keep your band? Does that count at all? Um, well, let me give you my, my firsthand experience. So this year in London, we had um, Molly was on, Strength? Yeah, Molly was on strength, but they had a couple very technical obstacles in there. Um, she did not keep her band. We had Darren on speed. Darren kept his. We had me on technical. I kept mine. The only thing that I think they should adjust is that final obstacle, the wall. Mm-hmm. I think you should have to get all three people over the wall. Like Adrian came and said, if you get over the wall and you still have your band, you keep your band. So if if the team throws one person over the wall... Oh, I, didn't like, know I could that. have kept it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of think that the whole team should have to make it over that. I thought um, that was the, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think a little revision on that might be nice, but, but other than that, you know, I don't really have any issues with it, especially now since they are putting challenging enough obstacles on every single leg. Yeah. Um, I think you, you've got some people doing strength just because they wanted to go do something and get a band. So I, I think you should push them one way or another. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, strength also had Valkyrie for North American Championships, and I lost my band real quick on that one. Yeah. So, Mike, you and I, we should we should hold each other accountable for like a pull up challenge throughout the year. So we'll we'll find something. Definitely, and and something related to to dealing with heights too, so we can get you prepared for World Stuff as mother. Agreed. I know what that's like. Yeah, I just hope to see more team obstacles. Like in Worlds, didn't they have a um, or was that last year where they had the thing where you had it was like a, a stretcher. And load the balls on it, like that was something more than just a wall. And then Noran, everybody had to go through Urban Sky. So seeing uh, just more obstacles that the whole team has to do together. Like if you've ever gone to the Concord Gauntlet and done their team race, they got some really crazy 
team challenges more than obstacles, and it's fun. But so just something that involves everybody at the same time. Heard good things but about that race. So I want to check it out. I bet they don't have a spear throw. Well, they don't have, they have a team race anymore. Hey, if you go up to Northman in Canada, they have an axe throw. So everybody's got their. I saw thing. that. I mean, you should do a marble race, and then you have a a, a shield throw. Spartan oh, yeah. in um. Spartan in Europe in their winter races has a snowball toss. So it's like <laughs> everybody's got a thing. That's fun. A snowball fight. Last man standing. Greek peak. Seriously. Caught up, Mike, Scotty. Mike, what, uh, I don't know how often you actually do like strength training, but if you, uh, every time you do, you should be doing pull ups if you're not. And you should be doing pull ups all the time anyway. So I should. Yeah. It's, this year has also been tough with like looking for a house, looking for a house, finally moving. Like, that took you a have a house, to... so put a pull up bar in there. Exactly. So I gotta, gotta get on that. In that drop ceiling that Jason can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> he hates my drop ceiling. <laughs> All right. Well, as much as I'd love to talk to you guys for hours, I think we should uh, start to wrap this up. If we could go around and uh, say the name of your show, where they could find it, and. Uh, a couple episodes that were some of your favorite from the year uh, for people to check out. Yeah. Um, I'll start. Uh, so obstacle discourse with Davis and chase, find it on just about any podcast player that's out there. Spotify, I think is my favorite and easiest one to access. Um, my favorite episode is uh, March 28th. I even know the date. If you go back to it, it's after the San Antonio race, actually, uh, where I just went off on a complete tangent about cheaters. It, if you like a little bit yeah. of controversy, go ahead and listen to that one. Um, I remember it. We have, we have a handful of, I think, great episodes out there. If you're a fan of Marvel, <laughs> listen to the oh. earlier half of the year. If you're not a fan of Marvel, listen to the later half. Um, but you can find me on social media at Josh and HD, uh, Matt Davis, obviously, at Obstacle Racing Media. And, uh, Shameless plug if you want to jump on the Discord with us. Uh, it's a new audience, so check it out. The website is bit.ly forward slash OCR chat. We're all there. Awesome. All right, Scott? Uh, yeah, mine is I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. You can find us on iTunes. And another one that I like to listen to is, um, what is it, Overcast? Is it Overcast FM or Overcast? Yep, Overcast. That's the that's the one I always use like if I'm on a desktop because yep. you can That's control the work. speeds and you can actually go uh, like a touch over uh, one and a half speed. So it's actually really cool. That's the player and, that uh, you use. Yeah. Okay. On, on the computer. You know, I use iTunes otherwise, like if I'm in a car. And probably my favorite episode was probably talking to Chris Mendoza, man. That guy's just – he's real easy to talk to. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. All right. Jason, Anna? Anna, I want to hear yours first. My favorite episode is obviously the April Fool's episode. <laughs> so That's a given. So that, April was Fool's episode so was much fun. that was so much fun to record. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I loved how when you got to, I don't know if it was the first time you met Heather, but like you face-to-face with Heather and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm the one that did your voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I'm basically you. <laughs> I think that was at Worlds, huh? At the you know, in yeah, our Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorites were obviously the April Fool's episode, uh, and 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 I didn't even bother to say it. We're OCR talk. Yeah. Uh, recently, in addition to the OCR Report Network news media 
no network. Yeah, no. your logo uh, has color. You'll get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're we're not entirely sure what that's going to mean for next year, and uh, I'm actually hoping to chat about that a little bit offline for uh, some more of this episode. But we did uh, one episode that was called "Deep Discussions Across the OCR Universe." It was yes. back in uh, February. It was episode 25 back in in February, and I, I drank a lot, and we just talked for like yeah. two hours and it ended up being really long, but it was the first episode where I started putting in uh, some music into our episode and it just made it like really fun. And, uh, ever yeah, since we snockered ever since we've tried to have like these, you know, we try to not try to, but we, we have little life moments or a little fun heartfelt moments and then we'll throw some music in and it just makes it more exciting. So I, uh, I, I've learned to uh, dial back the amount of editing I do. So it doesn't take quite as long. Um, so there you, you hear more ums in, in our uh, sentences, but I can add a little bit more like that, like the flare with the drum rolls and all that crap. So uh, that one, editing? uh Yeah. <laughs> That one and the uh, the uh, April Bulls one was obviously April first uh, episode episode twenty nine. Not n my favorite, partly because obviously all the stuff we did on it, but getting to re-record that intro, I've been wanting to do that for a long time to hire because I hired a guy on Fiverr to do it and uh, have him just say all the every single uh, acronym for all the OCR podcasts that I can think of. And then he did that really long uh, talk at the end of it, which was really awesome. I specifically you don't remember, like mud gear? Fuck you. <laughs> I specifically remember like New Year's Day, everyone was talking about your episode. And I'm like, man, I put so much effort into the whole like uh, Hunter McIntyre prank thing. And then I listened to your episode. I'm like, yeah, you guys win. You guys, like, that could not be beat. That was incredible. Uh, uh, yeah, but you put some, I mean, that was some work you put into the cutting that episode. That was pretty awesome. That's fun. Dude, I actually thought that was a real interview at first. <laughs> a lot of people I'm not shitting you. I felt <laughs> like an idiot because at the end of it, I was like, oh, that was an April Fool's episode. <laughs> you totally, you got me. You got yeah. me. Yeah. Had fun with it. Um, so, Obstacle Running Adventures here. You can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, favorite episodes, I'd have to say, um, definitely North American Championships, World Service Matter episodes, but two of the ones that stand out that are different than what I. What, we usually do is uh, I had Mark Jones on to talk about how Tough Mudder owed him a lot of money. That was our biggest episode we've ever had. That's a good one. And I also had someone on the show, Jason Moselle, who goes by Jason Mosey, who did burpees for 12 hours, real burpees, uh, to raise awareness for uh, veteran suicide. And that was a really, really good episode. Um, so, yeah. I thought your world toughest motor episodes were the best. I thought it had like the best coverage over all the podcasts. It was yeah. great. I worked my ass off for that one. That was a lot of fun to do. And it's such a great event. I'm glad that we all got to experience that. Um, the, the pit interviews, those, those are really cool. I, I enjoyed that. I despise editing that because it's all like muffled garbage. And I'm like, I have to make this somewhat cohesive, but I don't want to edit it so much that like, it takes away from the fact that it is chaos. But I think for someone that's never gone to a world's toughest mutter, like that chaos, the, the people crying in the background and like, <laughs> that is what it's like to be there. And uh, it's just really fun to get that experience. Mike, I loved hearing the different aspects that you did of it because y'all had, 
you know, the pit stuff you had, uh, you had, you had your pits, like you in the pit and then you would hear like me in the background and then like Jacob Brosecker coming in, like all these different array of people. But then you also had the brunch and then you had Javier drunk in the, in Waffle House. And we also had Caitlin and Mark and April talking about pit stuff. Like it really covered a wide variety of things that cover that whole event, which is really awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was huge. I rubbed no it in the sack, the plissus. You look like a ball sack. That was hilarious. Just wait till you see him after forty or fifty miles next year. And by the way, if Duplessis doesn't get fifty miles after his ridiculous take that people that don't oh. get fifty miles shouldn't be finishers, oh, that, that boy, slap him around. That boy yeah. better hit that fifty mile mark, or I'm going to rip the bib off his neck. You put that headband down. That was a bold statement, wasn't it? Super bold. Super I bold. Completely understand that people when people don't get fifty. That when he said that, I'm like, no one's going to side with him. <laughs> Any final thoughts on 2019? Thoughts for 2020? Uh, Mike, yeah. add to add to your goals for 2020 to get your ass on the Mud Run Guide Best of OCR Awards and You know, the worst thing about that is that I made it on in 2017 when I had a fraction of the listeners that I have now. And now that I'm doing better than I've ever been, I mean, I can always do better, but um, I just didn't make an effort. I just recorded like a last minute, hey, make sure you vote for us, whatever. You should be I used my vote for mine. Yeah, because maybe he actually could, it thinks you're another podcast because we all have the same names pretty much. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah you're the um, uh, uh, Spartan Up. Mike podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I swear, if Spartan Up makes it on there again, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Again. <laughs> we'll see. Well, this time, Thursday, we'll, we'll, we'll know who, who lands where. So, we'll rage then. <laughs> Good luck to everybody. Awesome. All right. I'd, I'd say just overall, I'm excited for where this is continuing. I mean, like I said, I, I've, I'm scaling back, but I'm not less excited about everything that's happening. I mean, the sport is continuing to grow and get better. And as much as we complain about things that are going on and we don't like, they do change and, and morph and become something else. And you know, we complain about something different or we like what's happening. So it's just continuing to grow and get better. And I'm, I'm super pumped to continue on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. The end. <laughs> and I love you guys. Nice, nice cold close there. Uh, yeah. And we're done. Uh, <laughs> that's, we're that's done. I didn't have anything written for like the very end. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. You didn't have a joke? <laughs> yeah. Funny joke, inspirational quote, you know. Mike, why don't you tell us a joke and we'll all not laugh. I actually did just hear, <laughs> I did just read a new joke. So, um, so uh, Frankie was just in the hospital. Um, he had an oxygen mask on and he goes, uh, are my testicles black? And the nurse picks up his penis, his testicles. She goes, no, they oh seem normal God, to me. Joke. <laughs> takes off his oxygen mask and goes, well, thanks for that. I appreciated that. But I asked if my test results are back. <laughs> <laughs> I told that to Caitlin. Just, just nothing but a dirty look. <laughs> That's to be expected. But Yikes. awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to to, to call. Though it's awesome seeing you guys. Yeah, man. And uh, yeah, could be an yeah, awesome twenty twenty. Hopefully, this um, actually recorded, and uh, we didn't just spend an hour and a half talking. So <laughs> when you when you close out of this, Josh, fingers crossed, a progress bar should pop up. And since this has been like well over an hour, it's going to take a long time. Don't do anything on your computer until that's done. Okay, um, my com- my computer can't handle it. So.
<laughs> I, I would just like to add that I really appreciate the relationship and the friendships that at us as podcasting in this community has just brought us closer together. And I think it's fun. I love running into y'all at the races when I do you see y'all. And I just feel like we can all kind of, you know, fuck with each other because, you know, we, you know, are good friends and we all can mess with each other and everybody takes a joke. Well, I just think that's, that's a cool relationship to have with friends. Yeah. I, mean, I always say like, we don't compete with each other, but like, I genuinely don't like it's not like that oh i'm just so much better than you guys it's just like I, we're all trying to do the same thing right yeah like, and oh yeah i mean, just do it for fun and, yeah if, yeah if you're not enjoying it you're doing it wrong so and matt's continuously got people uh somebody upset with him at some point or another but the rest of us seem like it's just yeah everybody's all friends with each other and it's awesome yeah and we'll leave that to matt let matt yes. get people angry with him that's that's because it's a career for Matt. For us, it's just a hobby. So. <laughs> that's the difference there. So, awesome. All right. Well, have a great rest of your Tuesday night, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, guys. Have right, a good guys. night. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank all these guys for just including me in the idea of us getting together and having this little round table. It was a lot of fun. And if you're not already subscribed to these podcasts, you definitely need to check it out, you know, because they're all great podcasters. And it really sucks because we wanted to get Will Hicks on there from World's Toughest Podcast and uh, Heather Olson from Overcome and Run Podcast, too. So you definitely need to check out those. And let me tell you, if you're just a pure diehard Spartan fan, it doesn't matter. Uh, Will Hicks does a great job with, uh, well, he also does the OCR report and World's Toughest Podcast, and I listened to World's Toughest Podcast for probably a year before I even went to one of the races, and I mean, it's an entertaining podcast about OCR, and you know, Will's kind of funny too, so I mean, definitely check that out, uh, and I just want to say that I guess podcasting has been good to me in a couple of different ways. One, it's something to do. It keeps me, you know, there's not a lot of people in my town that are into OCR, so it, it's a way for me to chat with people about OCR, you know, in the off time between races. And it, it also, I've kind of bonded and found a lot more friendships through this podcast, and that's the best thing about it to me. And if that's all I get out of it, I mean, shit, that's enough. Because, man, I've met so many friends, and now that I've met these other podcasters through it, and they're all great people, and I'm just really happy for the friendships that I've made through this podcast. And I want to thank all my listeners and all the friendships that I've made with all my listeners, man. It's just it's just been an, an awesome ride, and uh, I hope I can keep doing this and keep coming to the races, and I can keep afford to go to the races. It really gets into the wallet. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review. I'll read it. My next race will be the Jacksonville Super and Sprint in 2020. Uh, probably do a trail race between then, now and then too. So uh, that's all I got. We'll see you at the next race. Peace.